listening to the Me and My More Successful Friends podcast with your host, Lori Marie. I like to talk to all of my more successful friends and find out why they're more successful than me. Enjoy. I think I had enough coffee for the day um, and that and you brought you got me coffee, which was actually a really nice gesture because I'm supposed to be the person that like provides the beverages for the podcast. But I'm your much more successful friend. So I felt like I could. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, I'm not. It's ridiculous. No, that's why you're here. So, guys, yeah, this is the (laughs) me and my more successful friends podcast. Uh, This is Lori Marie. I'm your host. Today we are with my good friend. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Ryan Levine, whom I've known for fucking ever it's a trip i was driving over here and i was like man because when we were texting earlier when i asked you to be on the podcast you were like i don't even know how we met i have no idea but i i started to remember i think um and i it was definitely senior year of high school i want to say okay through cameron tang Okay. Yeah. DJ Killer Cam. Killer Cam. Let's do a big shout out. Yes. Yeah, that up. if I can like use that as like a hashtag when I post this, and then I'll get like more flood. Y- you probably will. To the episode. <laughs> It'll just be all people talking shit though. <laughs> Maybe. That's his but world. So Ryan is a musician. Um, he also has a really nice apartment, and I think <laughs> he is actually way more successful than me. It just, <laughs> not, it just looks like it right now. Because you have like plans. I don't have real plants in my apartment. They're fake ones. I'm practicing right now. You got to get those real plants. Well, it's like I get scared. Like like with like a cacti, I feel like you don't really have to water it. But then I heard that you do have to water it. So once a month, half a gallon, I guess. Yeah, so I learned. I mean, this is all from females. I this <laughs> is, but I also that's the reason I have real plants too because I heard it's a real like. If girls a girl, like a girl it. sniffs out some fake plant shit, like this shit's over. Oh yeah, I have I have a joke about um, how guys should just really like post on social media and on all their dating profiles of, that they have plants yeah. because that is way more of a panty dropper than like fucking For sure. babies look at this shit or dogs <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got a lot of plants going i'm kind of into mm. it cool um so ryan i'm really excited you're the first musician i've had on the podcast oh wow uh so this is like the first i did an artist a contemporary artist last and um everyone since has been a comedian so you're going to have to walk me through, like, I'm going to probably ask stupid questions. Um, but, you know, I did actually work in the music world for some time. So hopefully I can, like, bring some of that back and remember okay. what it was well, like. Ho- hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully I don't depress you because the music world is pretty insane <laughs> right now. So comedy is depressing, too. So yeah. I think we can kind of relate. So, okay, so let's back up. So we grew up in the same sort of... Uh, I don't want to say town because I didn't grow up in like Oak Park, Agora, but I grew up around there in the outskirts. Where? Newberry? I grew up in like Thousand Oaks, Thousand the Oaks. edge of T.O., like Buttonwood Ranch. Yes. You know, Ron Reagan Library yeah. slash Simi Valley. Oh, right. Yeah. You were the one from Simi. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I never tell anyone because every time I tell people that I went to high school in Simi Valley, they always ask me about that one movie with Justin Timberlake where the kid like got murdered and shit. And oh, I thought you were going to say Joe Dierte. Which uh, I would have very much appreciated. Joe Dirt. Yeah, that I get that too. Yeah. Also, I think there's a character in that movie who has my last name, which is kind of fucked up. 
In Joe Dirt? Yeah, Kill Martin. I think there's someone named that has the last name Kill Martin in it. I think I honestly just learned that that was your last name because I just Lori Marie is all I really. S- that's all I see. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You forget, so it's good that we did. We I should have just kept that first take. We'll add, we'll add the. So first now take. we're even because you know. Yeah. People I don't know, but you kind of messed up my last name. Once I did. A, once upon a I time. did. So this is our second take. <laughs> It was nerves. I haven't seen you for a while. I haven't I seen you since you moved in here. So that was probably like mm, April. Yeah. Uh, Mar- March. But I March? think I think you're right. I think I had the housewarming in April. Yeah, I think it was April when you had the housewarming. It was yeah. a reunion of sorts. Yeah, lots of plants. Yeah, lots of plants. I think I brought you a plant. I think you did. I think I brought you like some Oh, you herbs. definitely did. You brought me oregano and oh it fucking died out what? on my front porch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why didn't you? I thought you were supposed to be good at watering shit. I didn't know shit. what to do with that one for some reason. You're supposed to keep it in your kitchen. In the kitchen, and I know. Water. It's retarded. <laughs> it's <a laughs> oh, yeah, actually, here's a, this is fair. So I, I have a front door. Uh-huh. Which is, and you, when you brought it to me, we were standing outside and oh. I think I set it down. And you left I it. I don't come through the front door very often. I have a little side door off my bedroom. And that's what I use. So I think I just didn't see it. And the sun bakes right there on the concrete. And that shit was, that was fried oregano. You guys can't see me or see my face right now, but I'm shaking my head. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, you're still (laughs) laughing and smiling though. So I guess. It's deflection. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really good at deflecting. Um, Okay, so we... We need to figure this out. So you can't remember how you met me. You just I know think that I think you're right about the Cam Tang thing. Cam Tang. I feel like it was in some sort of, w- you know, apartment pool, like spa situation, like one of those nights. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I could see that being the case because Cam lived in the Capris, I remember, yeah. in Oak Park. And we would go, we would definitely go to those pools. Yeah, and we were, pr- we were tight for like, from like senior year, beginning of college. Like, yes. I was, like, a regular fixture in the group. Like, I appeared out of nowhere, but I was, like, a regular fixture yeah, then you for were all in. Minute. Yeah, I was in. And then our 20s, our 20s pulled us all apart. Oh, my God. So, like, our 20s. So, let's start there. So, you have been... Not that we're out of our 20s. Ha, ha. Ha, I'm actually going to be 34 in, like, two weeks. So. I'm going to be 34 on Saturday. Really? Yeah. Whoa. You're, oh, I'm having a party here. Oh, cool. Is this my official invite? Yes. On the podcast? 100%. Dope. I'll try to post this tomorrow so people know that, like, this weekend. With the address? No, just that they know that, like, this weekend I have plans and I'm busy. Cool. Yeah. I'm just trying to put it out there. I'm trying to, like, send out the vibe Uh to whoever listens. I think there's only, like, 22 creepy dudes that follow me on Instagram that listen to this. So they know that you're super popular and doing shit all the time? Yeah, I'm just, like, too busy. Yeah. (laughs) With successful musicians. Yeah. (laughs) Well, happy birthday. Early birthday. I'm going to bring you another plant. And um, I will take care of it. Yeah, it won't be herbs. It might be something that like you know how to take care of. Maybe like a succulent or something. I'm uh, seeing if there are there any succulents in here. No, actually, I don't have any succulents. Oh, so I'll get you a succulent. Those are like the easiest things ever, right? You don't really do shit. I mean, I've killed a bunch of them. But you have. <laughs> I'm not around. You're not a I have this thumb. apartment that I never really hang out in. Okay. Um, okay, okay, so back it's high to school. You. It's twenties. It's like 2003. Let's take it back. 2003. I think that was there. Or maybe I met you in 2004. Maybe at Moore Park College. Maybe that's where I met you. That would be crazy. Oh, my God. I yeah. I, I went there for only like a year and a half. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of like it's a junior college. Let's hope that most people only go there for a year and a half. Well, no, I didn't finish. <laughs> that was the beginning of my whole uh, music. The thinking mu- I was going to be. The oh, yeah. Test rock your star reflex. 
Please don't. No. <laughs> That's my okay. That. that was where I ha- I had my twenty first birthday at Safari Sands Are when you, you performed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. Remember? I just can't even believe you just brought up Safari Sands, dude. North Hollywood. Oh my god. I think that was like when I really started seeing you around was like when we would go out on those like quote unquote Hollywood nights. I mean, that was kind of like a little. Well, like Ruby Tuesday. Did you do those with clear static and stuff? Yeah. At the, at the, uh, L, no, uh, the key club. The key club. Yes. Oh my God. The key club. RIP to the key club. For real. Those were some of my favorite nights as like Dude. a late, early teenager. Yeah. Early 20s. We would park, I remember. Because the A&R for Island Records, Island Records was located above the Hustler right there on Sunset. Mm-hmm. And the A&R park, well, just whatever, the company parking was like three levels below. And we knew some of the A&R guys there at the time, and we would always park in those. That was like our little secret thing. We'd park in the Island Def Jam parking, get fucked up on Red Bull Vodkas when oh that was God. like, oh, that was just hitting the scene. Oh, my God. We're and so walk old. to the key club raging. And watch, uh, yeah, uh, some of, you know, Michael Clear. David, our other Michael successful Davis. musician friend. Yes. Should I have him on the podcast? What's he doing now? So much. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I said that like I don't know. <laughs> he's got a, you know, he's got a wedding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Com- a a ki- wedding DJ company. Oh, well, yeah. That's a lot bigger than that even. But they're still the classics, right? And classics. Yeah. Yeah. Classics are killing. Man, okay, so that's where I think that's where it all began. Safari Sam, my twenty-first birthday. Sure, let's put it there. And I think you played my favorite song. Can I pull it up? No, <laughs> I'm not allowed to. No, I don't even. I like telling people about this band is <laughs> why it was uh, so. It was like it, one. Of, it's still. I'm not. Sh- I'm not fucking kidding you. Driving what? over here, that song came on. What song? Um. I forget what it's called, but it's like always on my playlist and I always listen to it like after I break up with someone. Oh my God. Okay. I I guess I'm curious. (laughs) Okay. If I find it and you approve, I'm going to play like a little bit of it. Don't do that. Okay. You look really uncomfortable, so I won't do that to you. For sure. That was, that was, I I was singing like I was (laughs) like, I I sounded like a teenager from... (laughs) A, Brit- a British teenager. I had this really weird accent. I mean, I was listening to all like new wave Britpop, I guess. Oh, my God. 2007. I'm not sorry. Pieces of the Sun. Dude, it was such a good song and it was on K-Rock. I remember like Kat yeah. Corbett would play it all the time. Yeah, she's she's been a big supporter forever. You can play the intro. The beat's actually kind of tight. The beat's cool. Okay. But yeah, just not okay. until I, not, as soon as I start singing, turn it off. Okay. <laughs> So this is Ryan, Ryan, like, this is when I got introduced to you, basically. Like, this was my favorite fucking song. Oh, like, I'm not sorry? Yeah. It was, like, my favorite song. Like, this guitar part right here was always, like, my favorite. Oh I, like, my this is, God. like, driving to Palm Springs, like, this Ace Hotel Weekend. Like, this would be, like, on my, like, playlist. This is, uh, this is already embarrassing. <laughs> it's just, like, a ba- it's a worse U2. Oh god! All right, okay. I'll turn it off. I'll turn it off. Yeah. I know, but I don't know. There, you want to know what it is? Like, it's for me, yeah. You took the word right out of my mouth. It's just like it reminds me of when we would all hang back in the early two thousands, and like, I mean, your crew, you guys are all still together, and you guys all yeah. still hang, which I think is dope. Um, but, but yeah. So let's start there. So like, 
we met at Moorport College, and then you thought, well, you did. You guys actually, you've, like, let's, like, rattle off some of your fucking credits right now. I mean, you went on tour with Young the Giant. That was more recent. So, the more, around that time, the, the whole Test Your Reflex thing was the big, yeah, like, the first uh, affirmation from the business side of, I mean, I've been playing a band since I was, like, 12 years old Mm -hmm. seriously like every single band that i was in i thought was going to be the biggest band so i was i took it very seriously from a very young age i my band that i was in in high school that i loved which was with tyler and mike actually from class from classics we were called the universal and i loved that band i thought we were gonna get signed and the whole thing and this was in high school in high school okay and tyler decided that he was gonna go to berkeley school of music for college and broke up the band. Um, so I was pretty, I was like devastated spent that summer basically in my parents' garage, just writing and recording my own music to that's all, you know, to get through it. And then I started going to Moore park and whatever. Long story short is yeah, those songs finally found, made their way to some people that wanted to get behind. I got a manager, I got this production company, blah 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 we eventually end up getting signed by rca records and it was a super big deal at the time yeah i remember yeah Yeah. um and we made a record and we toured with like the bravery and we got to open for the smashing pumpkins like giant big amazing memories for me and and you guys were in you were high school still no this was no this was college college. yeah yeah Yeah. so you're like so you're like 1920 1920 and yep. your fucking dreams just all came true it was well it was starting it i mean i thought they were going to um yeah. and i i say that because that it ended up not working out with that band but every like step of the way i mean yeah i to, to <laughs> at that moment my dreams had come true for yeah. sure so for sure what was that like? Like, what was like the moment when you found out that you were going on tour? I mean, like, walk me through it's that. All, like that. It's just. It's also. Uh, in the mo in the moments you never it there never is like they don't feel the same as when you're thinking back about them and right. what, th- that emotion. Um, there's definitely like highlights, like getting to go to New York for the to mix our record with Michael Brower who had like just mixed Coldplay's first album and I was like the there were the the, the highlights were around the creative part for me and then uh what else I don't know like we got to shoot this Virgin Records commercial like in Virgin Records oh, like wow. to promote <laughs> to promote our single and like and then, I mean they were spending a lot of money in those days we got in like right before the industry really changed we had a we had a shot we and this was shot. like the height of MySpace, so social yep. media had just kind of. We were on there, fucking trying to get killing followers. It. <laughs> yeah, we were doing that whole thing. Who was in your top five? Remember that? Yeah, I mean, it was it was all bands. It was probably all the Killers, the Bravery. So uh, funny. It was like bands that we yeah wanted to be on tour with, really. And, and then Tom. was tour like, were you? Were you guys like straight up like bus style or no, like no, 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 not at all. We were van and trailer and then we got this tour with remember that band Blue October? Yeah, like vaguely, yeah. The, uh, 
hate the hate me today hate me tomorrow song yeah remember yeah, that yeah. video we got a tour with them and that's when and that was going to be like two months and we got this airport shuttle that had been converted into like a mini touring <laughs> it's like the the poor man's bus super poor man's and it was a nightmare and it broke down literally like every other day oh, uh, yeah. so that was the best that was the best though that it ever got for me with uh with that band and then you came back to la came back to la so but we made a record we put out a single we were about to start we were touring we had some we had like a really great we played a few shows with the bravery and like it seemed like that was really gonna like those fan. it was the perfect like mix and we were gonna go on a big tour with them that fell through because they ended up going on a tour with incubus and then we find out that what had happened I don't, some people got let go at the label and it was basically just like the record's not coming out um and that was the end really i mean it was like the story you hear over you wow. know, all the time but the cliche kind of happened to us and then i trans like right around that time though i had submitted a song for the film jennifer's body do you remember that movie yeah i do with um oh my god fucking what's her name megan fox megan fox yes yeah. i remembered her last and name Amanda and i seyfried yes. and johnny simmons yes so they had like put out this call they they needed like a a song there was a fictitious band in the movie and they needed a song for this band and i ended up getting this getting it and it turned out to be like a big song it like occur it's kind of a big part of this film and it plays multiple times and there's an on-screen band and then after finding out i got the song they asked me if i wanted to like be in this fictitious band on screen so like right as my record deal with rca was ending that happened and it was like it kind of softened the blow and it also showed me how to how i could be making money outside of the band in the music and business touring. which is sync and that's where i kind of transitioned into doing a lot more writing for film and TV. That's rad. And then you banged Megan Fox banged and Megan Amanda Seyfried. Jesus Christ. Then you had a threesome. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been... That would have been such a good story. That would have been so good. No banging, no banging on set, huh? Mm. Just in the movie. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no banging on set. Oh, wait, it set. sounds like you have a story. Is there... No. Is there did no. something happen? <laughs> no, not really. No, not oh, really. Okay. Not really. So is that so? That was sort of your transition before um, the Wildling, right? So you were mm -hmm. kind of just doing like the television and film thing, like getting placements and writing, yeah, and everything. Yeah, I was, I was, I was getting placements. No, we transitioned to this other band. The like four of the members from Test Your Reflex continued on. My brother replaced the bass player. Right, Justin. Uh -huh. So is Justin you? Um, Sal. Sal, oh my God, Sal! Yeah, you know Sal. Oh my God, I haven't, th I haven't thought of Sal for a while. Okay, he'll be here on Saturday. Oh, dope. Okay, I'm yeah. definitely coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then who? Andrew. Andrew, who's right? Been with me forever, from the beginning. right? And then Ryan Clark. That was the, uh, that was that band. But there's, that's kind of inconsequential. Uh, that was just sort of like the in between. Well, it was. In, I mean, we were going for it hard, but it just there wasn't enough of a focus, and the group was losing. You know, just no, the energy. No country. No country. Uh, I, we played see, it at the I Malibu in like, a bunch. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 
God, I'm such a fangirl. I was like followed I you. I followed you crazy. for so long. You really did. No, you've been like one of the biggest supporters of yeah. all time. Because I really believed in you. I still believe in you. I don't want to say in the past. Because you were really good <laughs> back then. No, I just like being. I always just really think like when I have friends doing cool shit, I want to support because you that's so did. important, you yeah. know. And at the time, especially when your music career was kind of like taking off. I was starting to immerse myself in that world. So I was like, oh, if anything, maybe I can like be a fan, but like repost. I don't know. I thought in some weird narcissistic way, I would like help launch you guys <laughs> and like go to every show and be like, guys, check this but out. You did. Like you literally came to every show. I came to every show because I'm a fucking great friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. And I fucked up and did not come to your last You have show. not been to one comedy Holy. show. Well, uh, to be fair, we it's okay. we haven't since you like started really digging into comedy. We haven't been in each other's lives as much. That's true. We haven't. There was a huge gap where Giant. I like disappeared from everything for a minute and yeah. just did like stand up. And then I disappeared from just like life. And then now I'm back in it. But you know who came when I first started? One of our mutual friends. Yeah. Chad. Oh, no way. Chad showed up one day because I performed at Westside Comedy Theater. And all of a sudden, I'm on stage and I'm telling this story about a threesome gone awry. And I do this like act out where I like lay on a stool <laughs> and I look up at the side of my eyes and Chad's and in the Chad back. <laughs> balls are in your face. And I'm just like, <laughs> I froze. But it was sort of one of those moments like you see someone you know and you almost feel like. Like you're like naked. It was totally. so uncomfortable. Oh, I man. was like terrified, and I had just started doing stand. I was like maybe a year in. I was so new, new, and um. But yeah, anyways. But it's okay. I forgive you. We're here now. I'm gonna be, okay, but I will come. That's fine. Yeah. I have learned over the years that like don't ask your friends to support because everyone's just too busy and they're just gonna let you down. So now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I know it's uh. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I just think that when you're trying out new material, I would much prefer to not have friends there anyway. Yeah, I definitely go through these weird phases um, where sometimes I hope that people don't show up. It's like whenever I don't ask anyone to come, that's when they all come, and I'm like, God damn it! Now I have to actually like do my set that is polished for sure. But also in the beginning, it's like your friends are your only ones fucking buying tickets. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a kind of a. I'm sure there's definitely a crossover there, I would say, between music and comedy where when you are first starting out, um, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like for me, I have this joke that like I don't have friends anymore. Like now that I, you know, I exhausted all of my friendships yep. Yep. in the first two years of my my quote unquote like start of my career. But um, yeah, that there. Yeah, there's no more friends. Yeah, there's no more. I do have a bill for you for all the shows that I paid for and shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, I came to collect. That's why we're here for sure. So, OK, so we're you started doing the uh, we're backing up. I'm so uh, good at transitions. Uh -huh. Back to you. Um, so I think it's cool. I like your story just because it is one of those things where you, you know, you don't really know like the backstory of all these bands until they get like really really famous and everything but something that i've respected about your career is that everything that you've done has been successful maybe it didn't last for the next 20 years but yeah. like you've always done some cool shit so like i want to delve a little bit more into that so when no country sort of you guys got bored of that 
how did the wildling so no country was coming to an end and basically what what remained was andrew and i who is the keyboard player mm -hmm. uh and i had had a, a lot of more down tempo songs i guess like just me my songs that i i guess felt more afraid to like show to the band or they didn't really work for what we were doing at the time and when no country disbanded we started focusing on those ones and it was just me and andrew him on piano and me on another and it just it that was the beginning of wildling um that progressed into eventually we had i wrote this song called hummingbird mm -hmm. and i had at that point i was signed to i had a publishing company that i was signed to and they were like super excited about the song and it seemed really clear like i needed to record this song properly because i just had an acoustic demo of it at the time so we recorded that song sent it to cat corbett at k-rock and she has this amazing show called locals only where she showcases mm -hmm. you know up-and-coming bands in the area Yeah, it's dope. and she loved it and started playing it immediately and it kind of took on a life there um where but it was still just me and andrew and but we the recording was like this big kind of alt rock thing yeah um so my friends were playing a show at the satellite and they asked us to come play and I had been saying forever, like, oh, we don't have a drummer. Like, we can't really do it. And like, my friend Elisa, um, she's in a band called Stereo Match. If you haven't heard of them, mm. you should check them out. They just put out their first single. Oh, right. Okay. Coming out with another one uh, August. But she was just like, she's Australian. I can't really do that. But she's like, you fucking asshole. Like, you've been saying this for like, <laughs> like a year. Just like basically she just called me out she's like get it together and yeah like, get a fucking drummer and come play this show so thank god she did because that was that was really the beginning of wilding becoming a, a very serious thing so we do this show at the satellite the next day the booker from the satellite hit us up and asked us to do their january residency um i remember that and we yeah we i mean we were super f like blown away by that um you guys packed it out it was yeah. so these those moments are like, yeah, the ones that when you ask, like, what did it feel like? Like those residents, she, the whole begin, the whole like first six months to eight months of Wildling are some of my the best memories I have. Because then you played Troubadour. Well, that was even so we we do this residency. We get asked to go on tour with Young the Giant because so yeah. some of those guys had come to one of the satellite shows. Um. That show was that was supposed to be in March, and that tour. I mean, that was supposed to be in March. Ended up getting postponed till the winter, but we were still on it. But it was like our time; it had changed. So then we decided because that tour got pushed, it was going to be in March. We decided to do South by Southwest. So this this is all happening with like we had played literally four shows. We end up going to South by Southwest, playing a show with Charles Bradley, wow. who's. I'm pointing to a picture yeah, on my wall and there's dope. a picture of us embracing here. It's like the best. Oh my moment. God. I didn't realize that's so rad. Yeah. It was one of the highlights of my life so far. That's sweet. Um, so we do South by, um, come back home, do this showcase at the Sonos gallery. Just all this good momentum was really building. And we had Sonos was cool. I was there for you that. Too. That's <laughs> Jesus. I know. I'm I the worst friend. You are the best friend. <laughs> You know, but it also was like you just were hanging out with a lot. There was like a lot of hot guys that went to your shows, too. So that was like half the allure. Is that our really? That's our fan base? 
No, were, I don't know. There were just always a of, like a lot I, of hot dudes. I mean, I was in a relationship, but yeah, I just we had a lot of couples. <laughs> I feel like too. I never brought my significant other around at okay. the time, but yeah. um, but yeah, no, you had a lot of hot guys that always went to your show. Cool, good to know. Yeah. 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 Good to know. <laughs> so yeah, so you did Sonos. Sonos good. was really good. I remember that. Yeah, and we got free Sonos shit. That was awesome. Yeah. Um. So we do Sonos. We did Troubadour. This is all kind of leading towards. Uh, we're aiming. We're trying to. We put out an EP, mm-hmm. and then went. And then the Young the Giant tour that happened in November, I think October, October into November, and that was. I'd never been on a tour like that where it was already sold out, like wow. two thousand to twenty five hundred seaters, and we really killed it. Like it worked. It just worked. It's it's a combination of I think their fan base being super open to whoever they, you know. They, there's a, a level of trust and respect that they have for um, those dudes who right. whoever they bring out. Like yeah, but it was bigger. We were just we had. I think for me at that point, I had already been like going so hard for like eight years and so i didn't expect much out of wildling other than i wanted to enjoy playing music again with a group of people and i think that that lack of expecting anything and just really having fun with it people felt that and that's why it reacted in the way it was it good did. energy but on the young the giant tour yeah it was just i've never experienced anything like it like people knew who we were they yeah. obviously hummingbird i think was the only song we had out at the time but they knew every word to it and it was oh that's so crazy. cool and where how like where did you guys tour to is it like east coast tour it was a east coast thing yeah it ended in boulder colorado but a bit we started in like burlington vermont and just this whole eastern seaboard and portland maine and play and it was kind of like they call them tertiary like secondary markets like college towns we played mm-hmm. like athens georgia a bunch of places I'd never been and ended in Boulder, Colorado. And in Boulder, this A&R girl that we had met a few times before from Warner Brothers um, and came out to that show. And that was like when we found out they were they had like made an offer. Warner Brothers had offered wow. us a deal. So that tour ended on like this super high note. And we started the process again of like, hey, we're going to go make a record. And, and we did. And it was a we ended up working with Joe Ciccarelli, who had made some of our favorite records ever at that time. He Icky Thump for the White Stripes, and he wow. worked with The Shins and My Morning Jacket, and he made the first Young the Giant record. And we had heard it can be like difficult to work with him, um, but we loved the way his record sounded so much, so we said fuck it and did it. And it was a t- it was a difficult process. Um, I think we were wanting to make a record that represented what we were doing live uh and it ended up just being a, a, a bit more piece by piece and chopped uh, and like everything was getting so chopped up and quantized and it just at the end of it it didn't really seem to sound like us very much and so this is what i mean it's like yeah these highs right where i think it's gonna happen and I get to do some really great things mm-hmm. and keep going. You know, it's like enough affirmation from the industry that like, this is what I should be doing that I, g- I get that much, which I'm super thankful for. Like, you know, most people don't get that. And then there's the, 
you know, the valley uh, that seems to inevitably come as well. Right. Like where you kind of get brought back down to earth and it's sort yeah. of like, what's next now? So yeah. So we make that record. We're about to put it out. Our three weeks before, like the, uh, we were going to do like a video for the next single for Hummingbird. Mm-hmm. Our A and R person gets fired, and then oh so my God. like it was, j- and then it was basically like, yeah, you guys are dropped. Wow. From Warner really? Brothers. Yeah. And that was this was what 2018. So like 2017, probably 17? at this time. Okay. And we we were like, we weren't even bummed because on it, we, I told you like we didn't really love the record, right. and we were just like, you know what, it's meant to be. We weren't supposed to put out that record anyway. We went back to the drawing board, grinded super hard. We were in negotiations with another label for almost nine months. We were going to do this deal with Republic. That started feeling weird. I mean, we were, we were still going, though. We were working our asses off. But basically, we went back to the drawing board, spent a year with uh, Eric, who is the other guitar player mm-hmm. in the band and my like the main co-writer on, mo- on all that wiling material with me. Made a, a re- an album's worth of new material, and then as that was about to come out, Eric decides that he no longer could be part of the band, and he was having a baby, and a uh, lot of other stuff. Just internal struggles. We life happened. Me and him were butting heads. I think creatively, it was just feeling very hard. The joy had slowly kind of been removed from the process of creating. Um, and that kind of brings us up to this next chapter that I'm in in the middle of right now, Mm -hmm. which was, so when that happened after I'd spent a year now after Warner Brothers already gotten dropped, spending another year working on new material and we all felt really good. Like it's really good stuff. And then that crumbling and basically that was kind of the end of Wildling. Wow. So now we're back. So now we're in the present, but you have like eight years under your belt of just ex- I mean, experiencing like m- way m- more years, but, but like touring and being yeah. in multiple bands. Yeah. And so now we're here. Yeah. And I think I, I didn't know that I was wondering what was going on with wildling. I thought yeah. you guys were just like making another record and you were a little quiet. And then when I saw you here for your, um, housewarming you broke my heart and told I me know. that it was over I know. <laughs> but it, would you say that like i mean obviously this is probably this is just like a duh question but like being in a band is sort of like dating like after a while sometimes some relationships just sort of come to an end but yeah. you learn something from it and yeah absolutely and so like now um what's up <laughs> so i've basically spent the last eight months, super, especially the last six months. But I mean, I had to give myself some time to process that and like grieve that because I loved wildling a lot. Um, I love those people. I mean, it was like, it was my family really, like Mm -hmm. really deeply loved them. And I love so much of what we did. So I, I took some time. Like, I don't know. I was, I just, sat and well I, I was still doing the film and tv stuff on the side because that's what you know has consistently kept a roof over my head right in the in between band stuff um 
so I was doing that, but also my publishing deal, my company got bought by another company and I was struggling to like find my footing there. So, and my, my deal was like about to be up with them and trying to sort that out, uh, where I was going to go next for my publishing. But basically I've just been on this path of trying to find the joy and the fun in the process again and making that priority, but on every level of my life. So it's been, I mean, I'm still deeply like in the middle of that transition, but feeling a lot better and feeling hopeful and writing a lot on my own, um, with the goal of making a solo record with Andrew or yeah, Andrew, Andrew will be a part of it for sure. But most of the writing I would say I'm doing here on my own, um, the bulk of like the big writing, but it's been cool actually. Cause Andrew, he's in Topanga. I'm over here on the East side. Um, so getting together isn't like the easiest these days. Mm-hmm. So I've just been kind of sending him stuff and he does his, th- it's been really cool. We've been working that way. That's cool. Yeah. So like, what are some, who've been like some of your influences over the years? Like, would you say that from, Let's go back to your favorite band, Tester Reflex, to now. Like, obviously, your taste and like your musical, um, sort of just like genre and everything has changed. But like, what has influenced you to kind of, you know, do what you're doing now? Which I guess I'm assuming it's kind of a secret. We haven't really like talked about what the sound is like. But no, well, I, I, and I haven't found it yet. Um, I have a lot of ideas in my head about, but the, I think the biggest thing is I've gone back to writing just on acoustic guitar, wow. as opposed to like trying to build a track. Because um, I felt like for a long time, towards the end of Wildling, in the demoing writing process, we were production was part of the writing but i felt like a lot of times it was put before the actual just you know uh the songwriting Mm -hmm. the that we put the production first and the song suffered because of it so i've been trying to just keep it very simple me and a guitar and focus on the lyric and melody as much as possible um as far as the sound i don't know I really staying. I, I'm staying. Oh, I don't. I'm trying not to demo. Uh, some songs I have demoed, like because mm-hmm. I still <laughs> like it's so. Sometimes I can't help it because I do hear it. Right. But like the songs that are starting on acoustic, like I don't intend. I don't want them to stay there. So, um, what I mean, like the things that always inspire me are the 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 bands that I feel like create this world that feels so fresh and so unique like to the, like the, I'm the new vampire weekend record I'm pretty mm-hmm. obsessed with. And it's like just the instrumentation and the parts and the way it feels like this perfect combination of like organic performance based music, but then fucked up and chopped up in the computer and like lots of, you can tell it was worked on, but for some reason it feels effortless. Kind of like, have you listened, are you into like the 1975? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. record's like, insane it's insane yeah really good that's kind of what you made me think of you remind me of them a little bit sort of just like the style that you have and um everything i don't know every time i listen to them i have always kind of like thought about you in a way that's a compliment that, no i take um, I, they're really good yeah but 
So that's cool. So like we're like up. You should to get them on this. They are you're really much oh my more God. successful. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The catch is me and my more successful friends. So oh, right. you have to be my friend. Yes. Like I like to have a personal connection with the person that comes on because I think that it just jives better. I mean, obviously, if this were to turn into anything, it would be cool to have big names. <laughs> but I'm all about connection. I 100%. think like. You and I were talking uh, off air about this earlier about not we're both not drinking. Yeah. And um, one thing for me has been since I got I'm sober, as you know, um, is that my connections are different now with people like I either sometimes I used to think and you can tell me if you relate to this, but. I used to think when I was drinking and partying that I could I could connect to everyone. Like yeah. I I would just people always told me I was really familiar and I was really personable. And I think that is something that I still have. But now that I don't have any like medicine, I almost am slightly selective. And so connecting is a lot harder now. Yeah. But do you feel like since you've stopped drinking, like your connection to your music is a lot different? than it was before um like has it changed at all for you you, yeah yeah uh my connection with myself is i mean everything's changed yeah everything's everything's different and i it's not just the not drinking it's more just a desire to break what i felt like was this loop that i was on Mm -hmm. with my social interactions with the story about me and my music and the industry and just all that most of the time felt kind of negative. Um, and especially, yeah, like drinking it just, it numbs, right? Mm -hmm. It numbs. So if something's good, I feel like it numbs out that, even to a degree like it feels like it's heightening it but then when you actually try and you're not really you don't how do i say i've had like i didn't have a huge problem with alcohol right yeah you're not sober like i'm I'm sober sober. sober. yeah but But you eliminated yes i eliminated it from my life to hopefully have just a lot more clarity and sensitivity to myself and to other people so what have the last, because you said it's been about five months, right? Yeah. So what have like the last five months been like? Like for me, when I stopped drinking, f- to do stand-up was the most terrifying thing I could ever do. Uh. And then when I made it past that hump, now it feels normal. But like, did you have it, was there any like weird visceral experience or did it sort of, was it like positive all the way through when you just decided it's it's uh it's really positive i think the biggest change is just socially like Mm -hmm. i've i'm spending a lot more time inside and i'm doing a a lot more work inside too like i'm i've gone a lot more internal so and sometimes it feels lonely and sad but that's the only like big change in my relationships uh, intimate relationships are yeah like navigating those is very different Mm -hmm. but way way better richer and leading me towards what i feel like will be sustainable healthy long-term relationship Uh, because i feel like alcohol if there are any issues within a relationship and 
alcohol, even if it's used, you know, not excessively. I just think in our culture, it's usually excessive. We don't even call it excessive, but yeah. it is excessive. Yeah, everything we do in LA it involves drinking. Everything. Going to a show, drinking. Yes. Getting off work, long day. Let's have it's a not drink. even a decision to like. I would like a drink. It's just like that is what you do. Yeah. And I think it can have. I think it can put a brush a lot of stuff under the rug or allow you to stay in things a lot longer than you would without it. I agree with that. I think my just even my last relationship and then um, whatever I was doing monetarily so I could do stand up. I stayed in a lot of things because I thought, oh, it's just easier just to suffer yeah. <laughs> than to rip the bandaid off because yes. what if it's hard? And, um, you know, I think also comedy and music are two huge industries that like alcohol companies revolve around. Yeah. You know, I like mean, I can't even imagine for you as a comic. I'm sure there's got to be like a community of sober comics. Yeah, it's de it's definitely a big joke, I think, like an underlying unspoken thing in the comedy world. I used to always say on stage, you know, I'll get famous when I stop drinking. And <laughs> I almost think I knew like subconsciously that I was going to always end up being a sober person. Like addiction for me has been something that I I think I've had since I was a kid. Like mm. I remember sneaking like waking up in the middle of the night and craving a Coca-Cola right. at like seven years old and going downstairs and like sneaking a six pack of Coke and like drinking the whole thing. Well, sugar is incredibly addictive. It is. Yeah. But like just being that little kid where I was like, I got to have a Coke. Like I got to have it, you yeah. know? And, and now as an adult, I'm like, holy fuck. Like this has always been the path, I guess. But yeah, I think um, performing, if you ever started performing and, having drugs or alcohol in order to do it yes when you take that away at least for me it was really terrifying because the first day i ever did stand up and i don't know if like for you for a show if you had like a drinking you to get on stage but the first day i ever did stand up i drank two stellas because i was sitting around at this open mic and i was terrified yeah and when I got up there, I felt like I was the fucking funniest person in the room. I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of yep. my life. I finally found my calling. Yeah. And I did that every day for five years. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I haven't been on a big tour since I stopped drinking. But it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm sure I'll be fine because I'm like in it. I'm just so in it. I'm in such a different place now. Mm -hmm. I've played like smaller acoustic shows. And yeah, it's. I mean, is it I'm, a rich do you have like a ritual like you like have like a shot and then you go on stage or i mean yeah when we're on tour yeah You're it's not a shot no i mean you ha yeah we have at <laughs> least you know a, a few drinks a couple lines and no, i'm just no, kidding no. <laughs> luckily no that was just me yeah. <laughs> i had a very robin williams way but no i'm kidding i actually never did that i never did drugs and then went on stage but no mm -mm. never always just drinking i always had a drink with me on stage it would always be, or if I was having a really bad day and then I had a show that night, I would have a shot of whiskey and then I would, and then a beer and yeah. then I would bring the beer on stage because I always saw on TV when I was really young watching comedy yeah. and stand up, I always saw people with drinks in their hands. So I was like, oh, that's like the look like, and then I realized later people would have drinks in their hand because it was, it gave them a moment or it gave them time to like pause when they were trying to think of the next joke Completely. or and then it transitioned to water and I would always see 
sober comics with water and i'm like how do you even have time to think like oh i'm gonna take a drink of like i just my brain would go too fast but yeah to go back to your original question there's a huge sober community yeah of comedians because yeah. we all started out as Raging not sober yeah. <laughs> you're still always an alcoholic it's just whether you're treated or not uh-huh <laughs> no and it's tough because i feel like from an artistic standpoint you know you see so many of the people you love that are yeah are are, are addicts and, yeah and live very dark lives outside of the moment you know the their art or if you see them just performing like outside of that it's it's you it's it's dark i mean i know a lot of musicians that you know you hear stories about how they write their best songs sure. when they're like tripping on acid or yeah you know they lock themselves in a house in malibu for a summer and just do a bunch of drugs and and then create something and 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 like shroom you know there's just it's such like a part of i don't know i think just this industry or i don't even want to call it an industry just like being an artist in general like people either need to escape to create or they need to like go deep inside themselves and sometimes having a little help sure does that but um i love yeah. that you just reminded me that when you texted me earlier before i came over and you're like i'm gonna meditate and i was like oh my god he's like really on a good path like i wish i could even find <laughs> I, I, this is brand this is a new thing when did you start doing it uh literally like two weeks ago really I finally i learned tm which have you heard of it transcendental meditation yes i have yeah, it had been a long time. I've been wanting to incorporate a meditation practice into my daily routine for a long time. And a lot of people, I respect peers in like film and TV and in music, like people that are that I look up to, a lot of them seem to have some sort of meditation practice. And TM was one that came up a lot. Um, so I'd been like aware of it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um and then, like three weeks ago, I was I watched. There's this new documentary series on Showtime uh, called Shangri La, and it's about Rick Rubin, okay, you know, and his studio in Malibu called Shangri La. Mm -hmm. um, and a huge part of it, though, is this his practice of TM, which I, he's been doing, I guess, since he was like 12 years old or something. Oh, wow. I didn't he know got uh, it was recommended by a doctor. His parents like took him to kind of a progressive or whatever and they recommended he do TM for anxiety and some other things. And when I saw him and, and then he, I think it seems like he has taught it to a lot of the artists that come through there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was it. I was just like, I'm going to, okay, this is now like, you know, it was one of those reminders where you're just like, I need to give this a shot. And it felt very appropriate for, this kind of journey that I've been set on for the last like six months of deeper awareness, deeper peace. Mm. And, um, clarity. How many minutes are you up to? Well, it's struck. It's a, you do 20 minutes twice a day. Holy shit. So yeah, the one before you got here was my second of oh, the day. And that's so intense. It's, I mean, I'm very fortunate to where I don't have like a nine to five. Mm -hmm. So for me, I can work it in. I just, it's like any, I just carve out. I mean, it's not that hard. I think for some people it's probably a little bit more difficult, but yeah, I mean, but if you really think about it, come on, you know, 
20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what we say about, going. you know, everyone has an hour out of their day to accomplish something. Yes. And um, especially the things that are most important. Like, I wake up in the morning and I've tried to get in the practice of just being still and I'll stare at my ceiling for five minutes and count that as meditation. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to not think about anything. Does and that work for you? No, because then no. I just start thinking about not thinking about anything. Uh-huh. Or then I just start thinking about the ceiling and I'm like, God, I really wish I didn't have this cottage cheese ceiling. And then yeah. I start thinking about like, I really need to change the blinds in my bedroom already because you know it's super nice you know it's just like a cycle and i think that is just me and that i'm just gonna have to accept that i'm constantly overanalyzing even no that's me that's everybody that's a lot of people in los angeles who are creative so i would highly recommend (laughs) that you look into try tm TM. or some other practice of your own for for me tm works because yet like you i have a thousand thoughts running through my brain most of the time and TM uses a mantra to start to quiet all that. And the very first time I did it, it worked. I mean, it's very, it's a simple, it's a very simple practice. Is that the key to success? You think, do we think meditation? Yeah, maybe (laughs) being able to shut it all off. Like, I I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid of losing some of my neuroses Cause like part of getting sober, you have to look at all of your character defects yeah. and all the things that made like what made what you were made up of before. And yeah. some of them, they say like you c- try to correct and you work on like the mm-hmm. ones that will eventually kill you, I guess, you know? Yeah. And then others, it's like, Oh no, that's just like a part of me. Like for sure. I don't know for, I mean, drinking for me was a crutch in order to do my craft. And now that I've eliminated that and I'm like, Oh, I still can do stand up. It's all that other shit. I'm like, Oh man, I feel crazy a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's a rebalancing too of all your brain chemistry, uh, mm-hmm. that takes time. Yeah. Uh, but meditation, I mean, I'm still very new into it, so I don't know the long term effects for me. Yeah. It takes two weeks to create a habit. I've read. Yep. No, I mean, I, I'm already now like I want to do it where before there was a little bit of anxiety, mm-hmm. like the first week, I'd say like there was anxiety around just the process of it. Like, oh, my God, I got to have to do this. And it, it was harder to sink into it. And now it's becoming a lot easier. Um, but there's so much re- like this, the amount of science also around it was intriguing mm-hmm. to me. And I enjoyed like being able to see what the effects are supposed to be and weighing that against my experience so far. And there's a lot uh, the biggest thing is the brain waves work in what are they? What, how do they phrase it? Uh, but they're in sync basically just if you, if you looked at the actual waveform, like before you go into TM, they're all over that they, you know, they don't line up. And then as you sink into the meditation, they start moving in sync with one another and the effects of this is just better decision making, clarity, calmness, wow. uh, distance between uh, something happening and your reaction towards it is being able to like take a second and react accordingly. Yeah, I mean, 
those are all amazing yeah. things. You definitely seem more zen and like, I mean, you kind of always have seemed like a calm person to me, but. I, uh, I, I mean, I'm neurotic. I'm, well, I've also found climbing is my new hobby. I like rock climbing. Rock climbing. Indoor. Uh, I'm starting to go outdoor, but a l- oh. mostly indoor. Yeah. Okay, that seems to be the thing of the moment. I know. Every time fucking, I open Instagram, it's so like, fucking annoying. It is rock, <laughs> rock climbing wall. <laughs> like swipe. I know, dude. You're like. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe there's something to it. I mean, right? If a hundred people go and do something. No, it's it is the best Isn't thing. It so I've, fun? I wish I would have found this earlier because it's, it's hard on the body, uh, especially like your ligaments and. Oh yeah. Um. Feeling your age a little bit. I'm starting. I feel like I am. I swear to God. No, I was about to go buy some collagen supplements. Oh, man. (laughs) That's so funny. But no, it's uh, to me, that's like my moving meditation because nothing I have. I mean, I've done a lot of physical exercise my whole life. Like my dad kind of instilled that in me at a young age for mental health and just getting relieving stress. Um. But nothing has feels as rewarding and soothing and like bring nothing brings me into the present more than climbing. Wow. Nothing. So you swear by it. I mean, it's to me, it's the best thing on the planet. So do you think you're living your best life right now? Yes. Your best life. Yeah. Moving towards it day by day. But for sure. Yeah. So 33 is is ending on like a high note. Yeah. It's a piece, it's not a, you know, it's not, I think the biggest takeaway, and actually it was, it was kind of, I, w- I was watching Stephen Colbert last night and Jada Pinkett Smith was on there mm-hmm. and she was saying, I think she just turned 47 or something and she said she's finally happy, it's like the happiest she's ever been and he asked her why and she said for so long that she felt like her happiness was uh, directly tied to the amount of pleasure she was experiencing and now she's realized that the happiness is truly it's way more about the level of peace that she has in her life and i think that's what i'm trying to create for myself because that's where i feel most happy as well so it's not about these high highs which inevitably for me anyway in my experience have led to low lows you know it's like these extremes and i think i'm trying to find a more peaceful middle way of living right like being present in the moment and yeah and gratitude something i in sobriety that i've i it's been really hard you really noisy neighbors no one no one will hear that actually um something that i've i do every day now whether i'm experiencing anxiety or i i just feel calm and happy because every day is different yeah (laughs) i'll write a gratitude list yeah um which I used to like th- way overanalyze having to do this gratitude list because it was a direction that was given to me. Yeah, I've heard about this. So I'm, I'm curious to hear because yeah. I don't do this yet. But I, so many people I talk about doing this gratitude practice. It's it's something as simple as like I used to be like really like, oh, I need to like dig deep inside myself today and, and think like, what am I grateful for? <laughs> right. And then I was like, oh, my God, just like whatever comes to mind. So I'll do five right. things. And sometimes it's like. Today, I'm grateful that the sun's out because for me, my mood can be directly related to whether it's raining (laughs) or not. And I get really dark and depressed when it's raining. I can never move into the Northwest. Never, ever. Unless like I fall madly in love with someone and then, you know, I can just like 
compromise because I think relationships are about compromise. Because <laughs> they'll be your walking sunshine. No, you can never. <laughs> you're not supposed to find happiness no, in not. other people. That's Absolute. something I'm learning. Hundred <laughs> percent. I used no. to constantly. I was constantly chasing this thing where it was like, I didn't even know I was doing it. Yes. Yeah, like I just thought, oh, this person like. If they text me, I feel happy and like that's good. Now I catch myself like if I'm me, if I've met someone and, and we've started a dialogue and we're seeing each other and I'm having a bad day until they text me. Yeah. I know that I need to like take a minute and check myself because I'm falling into old patterns. For sure. So that's shit that I think you learn when you eliminate drugs and alcohol that. Yes. Holy shit. Like my feelings and my moods were revolved so much around how other people other reacted people. to me. Yeah. And now it's like, none of that shit matters. Like we're all just here and we just need to be here. Like right now, like I have to be here in this moment, Yeah. you know? And, um, so yeah, so it's like something as simple as I'm grateful today that the sun's out. I'm grateful that today you write these things down. I write them down. I have like a, a, a group text where there's two of us, three of us in it and we all send our gratitude list every day and it's oh, like a wow. good motivation to see what other people are grateful for. Um, and it's wow, a good practice. A we good can start one. one. I'll start one with you and I'll just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm that's a good to do a way to make you do it. Too, yeah. Huh? Because then you see like, Oh shit, what am I? Even sometimes when I get their gratitude list, like I, I don't, I'm not amazing where I do it every single morning, but I do it every day. Okay. And, I'll maybe have not found the time to do it yet. And then I'll get theirs and I'm like, Oh my God. And it brings me back into that space of, okay, I need to remember like what I'm grateful for because it's, you know, I have a really stressful day job and then I go and do stuff outside of that job every day. Yeah. This podcast stand up. Yeah. Yeah, I go to a support group <laughs> and it's just like I do all these things. So it's easy to forget. You can like be in the moment of like being aggro or angry or upset over something so dumb. And then someone will send their grad to us and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful that like I have a, a roof over my head. And it's just like really simple things. I think I should incorporate this. Yeah. because this will be my next thing. Yeah, that's your next thing. Because it just like it also helps me like creatively because. I have anxiety like a motherfucker. Like yeah. it's crippling right now. Like there are days where I wake up and I am anxious for no reason. And then I'll turn on the news and I'm like, oh my oh, God. That's the worst like, idea. Yeah, yeah. There's like gnarly stuff happening. And I'm sitting here feeling anxious because, you know, people, places or things. Yeah. <sighs> I I have the same, especially if I, I mean, if I turn on that TV where I, if I'm already feeling it, that's a nightmare situation. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you gotta find a practice. You have to. Oh wow, we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> really? How long? <laughs> like over an hour. Is this your longest podcast ever? No, I've done a two-hour one before. Oh wow. I didn't mean to. It just kind of happened, and then I was like, "Oh man, how am I gonna edit this?" And then I just did it, and I was like, "Yeah, whatever." I was I like, "If people listen till that long, that's cool, and if they don't, I mean, this is just for me at this point." <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Um, <laughs> but you're easy to talk to. Yeah. Same. I mean, I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Like your story is really rad in the sense that, you know, the, the whole basis of this podcast is really just for me to hang out with my friends and and see like their trajectory of success. Yeah. And 
I think it's cool to just see how you've kept going. Like, and this is real. Like, this is the real shit. Like, people think like, oh, Lady Gaga. I'm just pulling out like one of the most famous people in the entire world. Like, mm. everyone struggles and there's ebbs and flows. And you know, the music industry is so much also like stand up. Like, I go through that too. Like all summer, I had this gig in Vegas, and then you know, and then I came back and. It's like what I'm getting bar now? shows, you know, totally. but it's it's know. just how it goes. It's how it goes, which is why, like, as much as you can. I mean, I struggle with this because, like, I want I still feel really happy, like when I get a big payday, you know, where mm -hmm. when when I'm validated in all the ways that the world says is successful for better or for worse. They do give me a but it's very brief. It's a very brief like that was awesome. And then the next day or even later that day, it kind of goes away. And that's not, uh, it's not where the real happiness comes from. That's what I mean. Right. Like, for, and it's not where the true success comes from either. Like, though, I don't know. I, I feel like us sitting down, having the conversation that we had and us being able to do that in with clear minds mm -hmm. and, and like, feel like we've related and shared similar experiences. Like that is way more of a like success to me for me to be able to like articulate my experience and the struggle and, and just, I don't know, to talk about this human experience and share that yeah. with another human being. That's it. Like that to me, that connection is everything. And it starts with the connection with yourself. It does. You have to like, like yourself and you know yourself. And yeah. And know like yourself, what you're really yeah. feeling. I am slowly starting to like, it's so funny because I always thought, I always thought like, oh yeah, I like myself. Like, you know, I have all these like great qualities, yeah. but then when I'm with myself, I'm like, man, <laughs> You're anxious like, and I'm nervous. dope, but no, <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I get really anxious. I, I'm my own worst enemy. Like my brain at the end of the day, like wants to kill me. Like that is like ultimately like where my brain goes, not like suicide, just like, I will take the smallest minute thing and Fixate. create this whole narrative around why this thing happened or didn't happen or it's not happening. 100%. I do it all the time. Yeah. But now I can be like, oh, none of that shit's happening right now <laughs> because I'm here sitting in your apartment. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, or if it is happening, it doesn't matter because it's not about no, me. No, it's the things that make you present. That's yeah. why it's like, yeah, all, that's why climbing and now TM are both proving to be, and like performing, like when I sit, when I just sit and play my guitar and like I'm singing, I've realized that's another one that just brings me right into the present moment. There's that's nothing else I'm thinking about other than singing the song. See, that's your gratitude list for today. So doing my podcast. 100%. Having dope-ass friends who want to talk to me. Yep. Yeah. Coffee. I'm grateful for oh coffee. Here, God. we should do it right now. Okay, so my gratitude list, I'm grateful for the sunset right now. I can see out your window. Oh, yeah. This is like so beautiful. Oh, yeah, that is really dope. See, and don't worry, these are long, so Kay. you can actually walk around if you want. <laughs> you can. I like, have to pee. Should I put I it down for that? I have to pee, too. I really I mean, do. It's been an hour. It has been over and an hour. And we had caffeine immediately. We had caffeine immediately. This. So you're grateful that you have to pee? 
No, you keep going. I'll say what I'm grateful for. Oh yeah, I'm grateful um, that I that you said yes because I did kind of ask you at the very last second today. Yeah. It was for my own selfish reasons. Um, I was like, I need to do a podcast and I need a good guest. And then I thought of you. And luckily, I'm, yeah, your more successful friend who just sits at home not doing shit. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Ryan doesn't have a day just job. He'll be available. Totally. Just looking, <laughs> <laughs> just looking at my bank account, just collecting. Yeah, and then I was like, I'm grateful um, that, yeah, that I, yeah, that I am here today. You know, so I'm grateful for you being here. I'm incredibly grateful for the space that you keep referencing my home, my mm-hmm. current home. It's amazing. Love I, it. You have a fireplace. I love it. It honestly, it's become like, yeah, really important place for me. Um, I am grateful, hundred percent for caffeine. What yeah. a, I mean, like anything's possible when you have caffeine i get so much done do you drink a lot too much i drink too much for sure most sober (laughs) people do yeah well it's like my lifeline at this point it's all i've got tm helps with that too oh man okay i'm telling a hundred i'm i'm so okay i'm grateful for my meditation practice that has been introduced yeah you seem really great actually like everything seems really yeah like you do seem like really kind of at peace and like you like joy in your eyes yes and thank you for reflecting that back because they asked they're like have people been saying different stuff about you i'm like i don't know i haven't really been around many people (laughs) you've been isolating i'm not sure yeah so it's nice to hear that yeah um i'm grateful for music that i have the desire to keep creating. That's a good one. I think that's a really great one. That's probably the most important one. Yes. Today. That's rad. All right, I'll leave it there then. Yeah. Well, I think we both have to pee. So I think, I think this is like, I think we had like a good, I think it was a good like dialogue for I loved over it. an hour. It just felt like a supernatural conversation despite the microphones. Yeah, the microphone. Yeah, but no one can see us. I, I haven't know. taken it to the next level yet with like filming this. Joe Rogan status. Yeah, apparently that's the key. Like you have to start filming stuff because people, people are more engaged. More yeah. I think yeah. you should. Thinking about it. We'll see how much mo- how motivated I get. Okay. I think <laughs> I, this would be a good goal. Yeah, it's that is a good goal. I'll set that as a goal. So that's your advice for me on how to be successful, I guess. Is TM. <laughs> yes. Keep going. Um maybe start filming this. Yeah. I mean goal. not just uh, don't even the success thing it's starting to i think the the key to success is allowing success to be more than just your idea of what it's supposed to look like yeah like that's for me i'm like i've widened my net i think that's a good one what it is mm-hmm. that's game changer yeah so for anyone listening that's in music or wants to be in music or be in comedy yeah you kind of just yeah you have to just keep going and even when shit doesn't work out like that's a lesson i would say right always a lesson there's always because you can always like go back up you can't ever keep going down i think yeah i think take (laughs) (laughs) and then i was like i was gonna go super dark i was and then i was like i stopped myself i'm like no we're supposed to end on a high note (laughs) yeah let's yeah let's end it anything's possible success is more than just your bank account um stay sober or <laughs> or don't. healthy or drink healthy amounts yeah just you know just believe in yourself 
Yes. And then if you suck, um, just make sure you find something else that you're good at before you turn into Hitler. Because I think Hitler for sure was told <laughs> <laughs> Hitler wanted to be an artist, and then everyone told him he sucked, and then that's yes. Find your creative outlet. Yeah. <laughs> find a moving meditation. Find a physical practice that you enjoy. <laughs> find whatever your form of meditation is, and spend time and work on your close intimate relationships with the ones that you love yes and be in put, the moment put with those effort people. into those relationships yes, very important put in effort i think everyone needs to remember that like it's not it's a two-way street you know yeah it really is unless it it's one of these unless it's my street directly out here and then it's kind of this one <laughs> way with like barely any room for anything to squeeze by <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there was a deeper meaning behind there that was. i was going for something <laughs> I think, yeah, we can explore that. We'll, we'll have you in on the podcast again in like six months and we'll see. Yes. On a one-way street, sometimes you have to make room for someone else to pass before. Yeah. You. Open your eyes. Look up from your cell phone. Yes. I need to do that more. I need to stop. I need to get off of Instagram, I think. that's. that's it's a killer. Oh, I was off for a long time. Felt so good. Got really? back on, made this whole post about how I'm on because I want to be on and I want to connect. And like it, while it is true... The still the 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 net result is still feels like deficit to me. Yeah. Of my experience with Instagram, and I really don't know what the fuck to do, because all these companies want you to have this, you know, big social thing, and I just don't. I I, I hate it. I fucking hate yeah. it. Yeah, I do too. Sorry. And I play the game. Yeah. I play the game reluctantly, and then I find myself like some days being like, I fucking hate this, but I'm gonna post this dumb selfie because like. My fault. Fo- I found out my following is like seventy nine percent male. So I was like, God damn it! I have to like fall into you know, yeah. and then uh, and then I do it for a week, and then I hate myself, and I'm like, this is so awful because now I'm just sitting here. And I got over the fact that like I don't get a lot of likes on stuff because it's just the algorithm for whatever reason just isn't on my side. It's really <laughs> messed everything up. Like yeah, Twenty totally. people like me out of my 2000 followers which are all real followers by the way those are all organic i didn't like do any bot or anything and um so i stopped looking at the likes and just looking at like the 22 the same 22 people that like everything and i was like okay so i'm doing it for them like these are the people that need to see me (laughs) that seems intimate and Uh, strange i'm just kidding i have weird stalkers but yeah do you have any god i feel like now i want to do another hour of like do you have any weird stalker stories like no like just you i think you're like the closest thing to really i'm a stalker (laughs) (laughs) you came to like all my shows back in the day i was always like oh my god this lawyer girl's like at this show too dude i didn't even post about this show i'm just kidding but you're like my friend i know i love you and i would always talk to you before and tell you that i was coming i never was just just trying to do a bit for your for your fan base here thanks so much now it's getting (laughs) dark in here all right so i I could turn light on even though we hate social media we need to plug it so it's your social so people can find you and oh yeah you. um at but seriously ryan b-u-t-t right no no just one t yeah why do i think it was two but seriously ryan but okay. seriously ryan r-y-a-n but seriously yeah got it oh yours is kind of like mine Lori marie okay because like people got all weird when i changed my name oh that's why it has the o and the k next to it i love that <laughs> i was just finding like it's Lori marie okay like stop it's Lori marie okay yeah that's uh, so good yeah <laughs> yeah apparently i said but seriously a lot in conversation oh, 
But seriously. No, but seriously. No, but oh, seriously. Yeah. Now I'm going to listen to the episode back and try to see how many times you say uh, it. I might be off that now. Maybe. Now that I'm successful and meditative. <laughs> successful and meditative. <laughs> That's going to be my podcast. Yeah. Oh, shit. Mine. There it is. Oh, successful God. and meditated. Yes. That's good. That's All right. Well, All I right. think we should sign off there. Cool. Um, say, let's say bye. And if you guys but made it this far, dope. You are true friends and fans. Yeah. If you listen to it, send me. If you did make it this far, I will send you something very special. If you direct message me on my Instagram, which you would only know if you made it this far. Yeah. So, oh, man. Yeah. Let's hope. And you we'll have to see. tell me. And you're going to have to t- message me the name of my uh, future podcast. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Peace out. Sick. People.